Father, once again, we pause and we invite your presence into this place. Lord, we want to, to know you better. We want to know how you would have us serve uh, through the dental profession to minister to those uh, that are, are so much in need. And so, Lord, I pray that you will anoint Dr. Chi as he speaks today, that we might uh, hear you speaking through him, that our hearts will be changed and we, we might be transformed to truly be your medical missionaries in the, in the world in which we serve. So thank you, Lord, for this time. Now bless Dr. Chi now as he brings us this talk. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Otis, you know, for uh, that introduction. And I must say, you know, that uh, it is an honor for me this afternoon to be able to spend the next one hour with you to talk about life-changing dentistry. You know, as the basis you know, for, for the presentation for this, uh, this afternoon, there are three keywords I would like you to be very familiar with in this presentation. The first one is inspiration. The second one is changes. And the last word is healing. I would like to share with you how I got inspired to bring changes and healing in the lives of my patients. Please allow me to be very vulnerable with you as I share with you my fears and my failures. What my patients have taught me and how, and most important of all, how God has led me in this life-changing dentistry. There is one text in the Bible that I would like to put at the forefront of my presentation today because it really captures the essence of what I would like to share with you today. It is found in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. I would like you to know that this is God's speaking to Jeremiah. And in today's modern vernacular, God is telling Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before you were born, I already have a plan and a purpose for you. Now, as all of us know, whenever God you know, comes to someone with a plan and a purpose, there are always problems and issues confronted by these individuals. You can take a look at Abraham. You can take a look at Moses. You can take a look at Elijah. And you can go down the line. Every time when there is a problem, God always accompanies that with a promise. And so today, I just want to share with you some of the struggles that Jeremiah went through in order for him to accept the call of God. Now, Jeremiah was called to be a prophet. Now, as all of us know, during that time, to be a prophet is not something that is easy to do. Because if you're not bearing the message that is a popular message in those days, your head could be cut off. And so can you be imprisoned for a very long time to come. 
And I can understand, you know, why Jeremiah was so fearful when God, you know, came to him with this plan and purpose for him. Because he obviously didn't want to lose his life for, for some reason. But I want you to notice that Jeremiah had a problem with fear. And God's promise to him is, I'm going to turn your fear into faith. Now, Jeremiah was a young person when God came to him. And youth in those days is equivalent to inexperience. And God said, I'm going to change your inexperience into an inspiration for others. And obviously, Jeremiah was living in a time whereby there was a lot of brokenness from all the way up on top down to the bottom. And what happens is that God said you know, to Jeremiah, he said, I'm going to turn this brokenness into something that is going to be beautiful at the end. I want to make a confession you know, to you this, uh, this afternoon. I would like you to know that uh, dentistry was never my passion. At least it wasn't my first passion. I have never you know, thought you know, that I would become a dentist. And so my journey into life-changing dentistry is really an act of God's grace and His special favor in my direction. And the reason for that is because um, I've always uh, had failure in my art. Now, this is a drawing that, uh, that my daughter drew for me when she was in kindergarten. And I want you to notice you know, that uh, this head here and the, the body here is totally out of proportion. And the reason why I've kept this drawing was because this reminded me so much of the drawing that I drew from preschool all the way down you know, to even high school. That was the kind of drawing that I had. Now, my daughter has since graduated from this, and she has won many awards, not only in art, but in sciences and in all different areas, and she has a whole collection of uh, awards you know, in her room. But I have gone on you know, from this point here and continued to fail art year after year until you know, there was one point in time at a stroke of genius, I received a distinction for my art which was really rare and totally uh, very surprising and shocking, not only for me, and even for my teacher as well. Now, as all of you have known, and you have probably you know, been to the CDA convention, you would realize you know, that uh, dentistry is more than a science. The art component is so important to dentistry. And... Uh, Aside you know, from that, I just want you to know that uh, when, I was, uh, when I was in high school or all throughout my, you know, my education, I have always you know, had a problem you know, with seeing 3D and even drawing 3D. And my, if my teacher would ask me to draw a cube, this would be the kind of cube that I would be drawing. I just wasn't able to draw it correctly. And my math teacher used to make fun of me in front of the class, the kind of drawing that I drew that should not be the case. But, you know, when uh, my audiovisual individual did this for me, I was like, wow, you know what? If you look at this cube, you know, from this direction, you know, down, 
obviously, it is our proportion. Now, trust me, I wouldn't have been able to see that this cube actually is pretty decent. If you look at it from this direction, if you can see, you will notice that this cube is actually pretty good. Can you see that? Now, if you can't see that, I don't blame you for that because I wouldn't have been able to see that you know, before. <laughs> but now I do because my 3D has really improved you know, tremendously by the grace of God. And so what happens is that um, I begin to realize that God is trying to speak to me over here. And God says you know, to me, he says, I'm going to change your fears and your failure into a journey of faith. And I'm going to turn your inabilities and your imperfections into an inspiration for others. And I'm also going to change your problem that you have with dentistry into a passion for you. And so, from drilling, filling, and billing, he's saying to me, I'm going to, from here on, help you to change lives, change smiles, and heal the hurting heart. Now, before I, I do that, I just wanted you know, to let you know that I prepared a, a short clip, about three-minute DVD clip, of some of the patients that I have actually had the opportunity to bring about the changes in their lives. I do want you to know that uh, the kind of dentistry that you see over here is not the dentistry that is going to be um, in the small gallery uh, that's going to necessarily win awards in the AACD, the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry Small Gallery Dinner. But I want to assure you that this is the kind of dentistry that any one of us can do here in this room. If you can pick up a handpiece, you will be able to do this kind of dentistry. And so I want you to take a look at this and sit back and relax. And, um, and then I'm going to spend some time you know, to run through some of these cases you know, with you together. And I just want you to remember you know, that uh, there is a story behind every mouth. I just would like you to know that uh, there were several defining moments in my life, you know, as I went through this journey together with God. And the first defining moment was when I first graduated from Lumberland University way back to 1992. I was working in a city called Modesto. How many of you know where this city is? All right, wonderful. So, and anybody from Modesto? No? Okay. Oh, your wife is from Modesto. Oh, okay. All right. That's wonderful. So, well, I spent a very short, you know, one year over there in Modesto. I was working in this uh, private practice. It was a very beautiful practice. Um, it was a multi-specialty practice. And my boss, you know, when he hired me, it so happened, you know, that uh, he had some of the latest technological advances, you know, in dentistry something like the intra-oral video camera. And for those of you who remember, you know, way back, you know, to those days, of course, now you're going to find, you know, that uh, it is no longer, you know, everybody actually have an intra-oral camera in their, in their office, right? Am I right? Yeah. So, but during that time, it was 
very rare because not too many dentists have actually had this you know, intraoral camera. And so the um, newspaper reporter wanted you know, to come in you know, to, to do an article and feature us you know, in, this, uh, in this office. And so since my boss you know, wasn't around, and uh, he told me, he said, you know, that I want you, you know, to go ahead and, um, and uh, conduct this interview you know, with you know, the newspaper reporter. And so I said, well, I've done something like this before, so let me see what I can do. And so what happened was uh, they did such a wonderful you know, article. This is probably like a $15,000, $20,000 advertisement or marketing you know, for free for the cost of a, din a lunch or a dinner that even my newspaper reporter you know, didn't even accept. But everybody was ecstatic because uh, they were so excited, including my boss, he was really so excited about what happened. However, my patient, sorry, you know, my patient over here, she was a very high-profile patient because she serves as the director of tourism in that city. And when she saw this newspaper article, she was less than flattered. In fact, she was irate. She never told me about this, but I learned it from you know, one of her colleagues. She was kind enough and nice enough to not tell me that she was really very disappointed with what happened. But I can understand why, because this is a very unflattering uh, title right here. Not so pretty picture, because she was obviously a very beautiful young lady. And to be told that she was not so pretty is obviously not something you know, that you want to tell someone you know, like this. But that set me thinking you know, for a little while because I began to realize, I said, you know, that, uh, Lord, this is really not what I really want to do. Because my goal is to help my patients feel confident about themselves, not to make them feel angry and mad. And so one of the things that I prayed you know, during that time was I said, Lord, you know, I want you to help me to change to, to help me to turn my patient's fear into faith. And I would like you to help change their, their pain into purpose and all their hurts into healing. Now, that was a very simple prayer, and I didn't even remember you know, that uh, when I prayed that prayer. But I want you to know that God you know, holds us you know, to our prayers. And so, it was a couple of years later, when I was in a country or a city called Singapore, that I began you know, to, you know, to get involved you know, with uh, some life-changing dentistry experience. And uh, this afternoon, I would like to share with you four cases that uh, would take us through some of these uh, life-changing experiences, and I hope that you will be able to incorporate that in your own personal office at some point in time. And the first one that I'm going to talk about is, of course, direct composite veneers, and the second one is an all-ceramic uh, cosmetic crown, and then uh, if we have some time, we'll talk about uh, indirect porcelain veneers, and then finally, uh, all-ceramic crowns uh, using the IPS uh, Emax system, which some of you are probably familiar with it. 
My goal this afternoon is that I would like for us to recognize that dentistry is one of the very few professions that can inspire, heal, and change patients' lives dramatically. And secondly, I would like for us to understand patients' cosmetic needs and desires in order to manage their expectations realistically. And thirdly, and finally, be familiar with the treatment modalities to accomplish life-changing dentistry comfortably. Now, the reason why I wanted you know, to go through some of this with you is because uh, a couple of weeks ago, several weeks ago, I actually met a patient at school. She had some veneers done by a very famous you know, doctor in, in the world. I'm not going to name who that person is, but you probably would know his name if I mention his name because you probably have attended his seminars and things like that before. But uh, that patient, I think you know, that uh, she received some really very nice you know, veneers, very beautiful, because it was done by one of the top veneer specialists you know, in our country. But she was unhappy. And she had to have it redone again by somebody else, and she was really unhappy, and finally she, got, she, got, she has gotten to a point whereby she was uh, okay with it, but she was not totally 100% satisfied. So that's why you know, it's important for us you know, to be familiar with our patients' uh, you know, cosmetic needs and things like that in order to manage that you know, realistically. So our first case you know, over here that I'd like to talk about is uh, this young lady over here. And this is the, the before, and this is the after. And I want you to notice you know, that uh, when she first came in, her medical history was unremarkably healthy, no contraindications to dental treatment, and she had a history of orthodontic treatment for six years. This is a cheap complaint. She found that uh, there was too much teeth showing when she was smiling. She had irregular striations on her teeth, including the chipped, and discoloration between her anterior teeth right here. So the question is, how do we change her smile? Okay, we're going to get into something interactive you know, right now because I just want to pick your brains you know, together with me because I want you to know that uh, I was not totally... 100% satisfied you know, with this case of how I handled this. But I want you to know that um, how would you change her smile if she comes you know, to your office, you know, uh, let's say when you get back to your office next week, and she comes to you and she has a situation like this, how would you change her smile? And I want you to remember that uh, this lady is a high-profile patient because one year before that, she has won the beauty contest in her country. And right here, she's representing her country in Japan, competing with all the beauty queens you know, throughout the world at this stage over here. And now she's seated right in your office with a situation like this. How would you go about changing her smile? Now, you, you notice you know, that uh, her central incisors over here, there is a difference in terms of the height. There is a difference in terms of this tooth versus this tooth. And 
the lateral, uh, the canine over here is tipped lingually. So how would you go about in changing his mouth? Let's see if we can get some volunteers you know, to share your thinking on this here. Because I'm pretty sure that some of you already know how to manage this, correct? Dr. Otis, you want, want to take a shot at this? Uh, well, she has number eight, has some gingival recession there. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, definitely she could use some recontouring. Uh, of course, some composite addition. Uh, well, I mean, you could do veneers as well. Yes. Uh, you know, either direct or indirect. Um, I don't know. Help me out. <laughs> yeah, you, you could. Yeah, you could. Yeah, depending on if you were going to do the veneers or not, you could do some bleaching. Uh, if if not, <laughs> uh, tell us what you did, Doctor Chi. Okay. All, all right. Now I want you to know that I I literally freaked out on this case over here, because I had no experience. I have never taken any any cosmetic courses, you know, before. In, ever in my life, and uh, during the time you know when I was in school, uh, at that time I think Dr. Dunn you know was uh, you know the person who was uh, who was doing all the cosmetic work and things like that. But we did a lot of amalgam you know fillings. I probably you know did maybe one or two composite you know minor tiny little bit of filling here and there, and that's about all I did. And so I didn't really know how you know to change her smile. But um, you know I believe you know that. Uh, it's kind of important, you know, for us, you know, to to really talk about the treatment options, you know, with her, because um, she obviously, you know, do need to have orthodontic retreatment, right? And so she said, "I have done this for six years. I'm not going to do this again." And so. Dr. Otis was correct. She said, well, you know what? Uh, you probably need some gingival recontouring, maybe gingival plastic. Okay, that's obviously needed. But she doesn't want that because, uh, you know, she is afraid of pain and she doesn't want the pain. Okay, so I was hoping that, that she would choose one of those so I can send her out, you know, of my clinic so that she can go somewhere else, you know, to have it done. But she said, no, I, I don't want veneers either. And so she was honing, you know, on what I could provide for her, which was probably you no know, composite in you know, veneers. And uh, I have to be very careful, you know, with her because I don't really want to make the change for her permanently, and she coming back, you know, to me the next day or the next week or the next month later, and telling me that uh, I don't like, you know, how this look. Can you please, you know, take this off and uh, give me back my money? And this actually happened, you know, to one of my colleagues at La Sierra. She did a $30,000 Luminaire case for her patient, and she was so happy. She spent several days, you know, working on this. And after that, the patient came back and said, please take this off. I don't like, you know, how it looks. I don't want this anymore. Give me back my money. And she spent another couple more sessions removing those luminaires painstakingly and giving back her money and spending all those time you know, for no reason. And so I have to be very careful. Of course, at that time, 
God, you know, really impressed me uh, that uh, I could actually, you know, do something, you know, that is very reversible. And this is what I did. And I'm just going to show you right now what I did. Now, you could easily, you know, take some composite, you know, that you have laying, you know, in your cupboard that you never use and that it is kind of like old or it has been expired because it doesn't really matter because you're actually doing a mock-up anyway. Because you really want to understand what your patient is trying to achieve with her smile. And so using you know, the composite, you're able you know, to mock it up. And so at that time, I don't even remember what the composite I was using because this was way back you know, to about 25 years ago. So I could hardly remember what it was. But I, in my notes, I, I found you know, what I used for her in her final outcome. But I just wanted to show you that uh, you could even use... Okay, by the way, this is a fifth-generation uh, bonding liquid. Don't ever use that because uh, that's not good. Because it causes so much hypersensitivity. And the only reason why I put that in there was because, um, because I wanted to show you that you could use something that um, you have laying over there that uh, you never use, and you could actually use that to wet your composite to make it look really nice. And you could also use any composite you know, that, is, you have, that, that you never use, you know, that you could actually place it onto your patient to do the, the mock-up you know, for your patient. And so this was the first round. So notice you know, that I actually place this tooth a little bit longer than this one here just you know, to test to see how you know, she would respond you know, to something like this. Now, this is very reversible because I haven't really changed anything you know, yet. I didn't do any etching. I didn't take off any of her tooth. So it, it's very reversible. And at, at the end of it, I actually basically did all the six teeth you know, for her. And I told her, I said, I want you, you know, to go home and take a look at this and come back you know, the next day or the next couple of days and let me know what you think. Because at this stage, I could still make all the changes that I wanted to because all I did was I just basically did a mock-up with the composite. I put some bonding liquid on the top there just to make it look nice and I like cure it. And so if I wanted to take this off, I could easily flick this off very quickly and give her back exactly where she first started. So it was very reversible. And so I thought, you know, that she would um, look at this and she would say, no, I don't really like, you know, this. I'm just going to come back and not have to do this again. But I was really shocked and surprised that when she came back, you know, to me, she said, you know, that um, that night, she spent, you know, three hours looking in the mirror. And tears were streaming down her eyes as she looked at that smile that she had. And she, she totally flawed me because I didn't expect, you know, that kind of reaction. And she said, I want you to do this for me. Permanently. And so that was what happened. And she was very happy, you know, since then. Now, I didn't even have, you know, this golden rule for interior aesthetics with me at that time. 
But something that would be very helpful when you're changing you know, your, your patient's smile is to understand the proportions of these uh, central incisors. Because once you, know, you have established your central incisor length, you know for sure that you're going to be able to uh, work on, on the rest of them, and I, I'm going to show you how. You see, what happens is that the width is something that you cannot control because the patient will come in with that width fixed. You cannot change that. Usually, it is the length that is the, the issue because um, they, they, they wear down their teeth, and so you lose you know, that length you know, right there. So when you follow you know, this chart over here, you'll begin to see that if the patient you know, had, the, had a width of, let's say, 8.5, the ideal length would naturally be about 11 millimeters. So if you use a ruler to measure you know, this length over here, from here all the way down to here, if that length is less than 11 millimeters, you can always add to that. And then, of course, how about you know, once you have that length established, you go to your lateral incisors. And as you know, the lateral incisors is... Um, how many percent of the central in terms of proportion? Does anybody know? Okay. If, uh, remember, you know, the golden proportion is uh, 1.6 to 1 to 0.6. So if, suppose, you know, this is 1.6, this will be 1, and this will be 0.6. Now, if we want to look at it in another way, let's say you, you find that this is too hard for you to understand. Think of it in this way, that if this is 100%, this would be 65% of the surface area of this one right here. And then you would be able to match your proportions correctly. Okay. Just in case you know, if it's too confusing for you, don't worry. At the end of, of the session, if you have questions, I'll be happy to answer them for you, okay? So we need to move on a little bit further right now. But the one thing that I wanted you know, to share with you today is um, the keys to exceeding expectations for your patients, which I didn't know at that time. But uh, now I begin to understand that um, it is important for you, before changing your patient's mouth, to understand what the patient is trying to achieve. Do they want longer teeth, shorter teeth, whiter or brighter teeth? Is it spacing that they're concerned with? Or is it closure that they're trying you know, to achieve? Always give them a re visual reversible change or a test drive of what to expect to take home with them. And under-promise and over-deliver. Now, your patients will come to you a lot of times, and they will ask you questions like, Will this give me the smile I've always wanted? How would you answer that question for your patient? Will this give me the smile I've always wanted? A anybody want to take a shot at this? <laughs> oh, okay, wonderful. That, that, that's a very good uh, way to put it. I, I, I like it. I like the answer. However, there are so many different ways that you can answer that question. But never answer the question, yes, I believe that that is going to give you the smile that you have always wanted. Because that's going to trap you for good 
and you're never going to be able to get out of it. And so the way how I would answer that question would be, I would tell them, I don't know. It all depends on you and what you really want. On my part, I would do the very best I can for you. However, I cannot promise you anything because I don't know what is going to make you happy. So that answer always will get you out of trouble. <laughs> All right. Another question you know, that uh, your patients will always ask you when you get to a point, you know, when you work on, on the patient, and, and the patient is going to ask you, Doctor, what do you think? Now, remember that that's another trick question. Never answer and tell them, you know, what you think. Why? Because, you know, when they go home and they don't like it, they're going to say, Doctor, it's your fault. You tell me that this is going to look nice, but it is not nice. I want it changed. So I would always, you know, tell the patient, what do you think? And the patient says, well, I think I like, you know, this uh, shorter is better than the longer one. I agree with you. Let's fix it. <laughs> so, do you see, you know, that uh, you can very quickly, you know, get into a trap if you're not careful, you know, with your answer? And I see that all the time, even, you know, in uh, just recently, you know, like um, when I'm dealing with my students, I see, you know, that uh, my students who always answer, you know, the patient, I say, no, 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 don't tell them, you know, that because it's going to be a trap, you know, for you. You're never going to get out of it. And so you have to be very smart in terms of answering your patient's questions. So um, before I move on any further, I just wanted to find out if you have any questions, you know, to ask in relation, you know, to what we have just covered so far. Would you ever do just the two anterior veneers or, or composite veneers or something like that? Or is it always the this, this six all the way across? Okay, that's a very good question. Dr. Howe was mentioning, do we do just two? Or do we do four? Or do we do six? What would be a good answer for that question? I, I like that answer. It depends. I would ask my patient, what are you trying to accomplish? Okay? If your patient says, I want, you know, a smile that goes clear across, you know, with my smile line. Then you could be doing, you know, 10, 12 veneers, maybe the full mouth, maybe just four, maybe just two. It depends on what your patient is trying to achieve and how much your patient is willing to spend. Yes, doctor. Sometimes the, the patient has no clue. They just want to look better. They don't know why they, they don't look as attractive as they want to look, and they really have no clue. And so if you, if you say, well, it depends on what you want, they say, well, I don't, really don't know because I'm not a dentist. I just don't know. I know I don't like my smile. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, that, that's really wonderful. But remember, you know, that, uh, that we have, you know, I've, I've demonstrated or I have uh, illustrated one way that you could change your patient's smile with a composite mock-up. And I'm going to show you other modalities, you know, too. So just hang on with your question, but then I will answer it by saying that, okay, well, if your patient doesn't know, okay, let's go ahead and do a mock-up.
Let me sit you in, and let's see what we can accomplish. Okay, what do you like? What don't you like about your smell? Okay, your patient tells you, okay, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. Okay, we'll change that for you. Let's go ahead and do a mock-up. Do you like this? Your patient looks in the mirror and says, I love it. Let's go ahead and do it. Or your patient says, you know what, I don't really like you know, this corner you know, here, and I don't really like you know, that uh, this is too flat over here. Now, when your patient you know, tells you that, that's a red flag. You need to start thinking of ways you know, to send and refer your patient to the, the cosmetic dentist you know, next door or downtown because I can tell you that you're going to be in real hot soup because your patient is going to come back and tell you, hey, doctor, you know, you did this for me. You know what? That corner there is just not right. Can you do it a little bit better for me? Now, of course, you know, if you have it in a mock-up, you could definitely do that. But imagine you have cemented you know, all the veneers and all the crowns, and now your patient comes back and says, Doctor, that corner there doesn't look good. It makes my smile a little bit crooked. Can you fix that for me? That goes to the end of your cosmetic case, and you have to take off that crown. Or even that, you could even do much more for her because she'll come back you know, to you with another problem, and you, there'll be no end to it. So I would suggest you know, that if patients you know, are that picky with you, you think of a way you know, to try you know, to hold on you know, to the treatment and just tell them you know, that, uh, well, when you're ready you know, to do this, why don't you come back again? Because I'm not sure you know, if I can give you the smile that you have always you know, wanted. Okay? So any other questions? You know, that, uh, yes, doctor. Everyone wants you know, to, to have like a like a $100,000 smile for $10,000 pocketbook price. How do you deal with that? That's a very good question. All these you know, cases you know, that I've shown to you are cases you know, that actually cost them very little money. They're not uh, you know, special cases whereby it costs them tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars, which, you know, I mean, there are, uh, there are actually one or two patients that spend about close to forty, fifty thousand dollars you know getting their smile you know makeover. But what I'm trying to say is that some of these patients, like for example this patient over here, basically to change her from here to here, it only costs her about two thousand dollars, which was very reasonable. And, and of course this was done uh, in a way back you know to like in the early nineties. So I probably wouldn't charge you know, the patient $2,000 you know, to do this now, if that's what you mean by that, because you are not, you're not going to make any money you know, doing a $2,000 case over here. I'm not sure if I answer your question. Okay. So, so sometimes you know, what you can do is uh, you can say, okay, well, you know what, if you cannot afford you know, to do this, you can only afford $10,000, I'm sure you know, that we can do something you know, for you. You know, to do that. And, and I'm going to show you one case you know, afterwards you know, that whereby you know, the patient actually committed you know, to only six you know, teeth and not everything else because uh, she was not uh, financially able to do that, but it still made a big change you know, for her. This will be the last case that we're going to be talking about. Okay? So uh, let's go ahead and do this over here. Um, I'm going to have to sort of like fast forward this really quickly because um, I know that my time is up. So this is a female patient, 
And so I want you to read through this over here really quickly. But otherwise, no contraindication. But this is a very difficult case you know, to work on because of all the issues that she had right here. How would you change a smile like this? It's not going to be easy. <laughs> so you present to them all the different possibilities. The patient says, I had a painful jaw surgery. I'm never going to go through this again. Autonautics. I'm too old for this. Gingivoplasty is too painful. And so what I did you know, for this patient was I recognized that her smile was not where it was supposed to be. Even you know, if I may not have the clinical skills, I know that whatever I do for her is going to be better than what is looking over here. Agreed? And so what I did was I used you know, Biotems. How many of you are familiar with this uh, product, Biotems? Okay. Very good. You could definitely you know, use Biotems as a test drive you know, for a patient. So you send the case you know, to your uh, lab with a good impression. So these are the things that you need to do. Okay. And I'm going to fast forward that because I do think that we need to run through this real quick, quickly. And your lab is going to return you know, this uh, back you know, to you, uh, either individually or splinted, according to what your prescription you know, says. And then after the preparation of the tooth, you want to reline it with uh, whatever you know, material that you have in your office. It doesn't have to be integrity, because integrity happens to be what I use. Uh, you could use uh, ProTem, you could use any material, as long as it is resin-based, you'll be okay. And I do like you know, to use um, Tembon Clear over you know, this Tembon over here because it's really messy. And sometimes you know, it leaves behind you know, some white residue that is ugly in, in the front. And so Tembon Clear you know, happens you know, to be not only aesthetic, but it also is bactericidal as well. And so this seems to be a product that I prefer. But there's a lot of product out there you know, that you could definitely use and choose. And so, after you have fabricated you know, the biotems, you let the patient you know, try this out and see what they think. And if they like it, not too much changes, you could use the very same situation, send it back to the lab and have them make the permanent ones and this would be the final outcome. And of course, you know, the product that we used for her was a prismatic clinical zirconia, which has a very great strength of 1,200 megapascal flexural strength. And so it is a very good product to use for your patient. It will never break. And so this is the final outcome. And I want you to see you know, her response you know, in a letter that she wrote to me. You know, she said you know, that um, she had never smiled you know, for 30 years I calculated it was probably 40 years that she never smiled. And this patient has imposed upon herself a social prison because you know, she didn't feel that she could smile. 
And she didn't feel that she could actually interact you know, with um, people, her friends. So she always you know, kept to herself. But after you know, we did this you know, for her, she wanted, you know, she was so happy. She came back, you know, she said you know, to, to me, she said, you know, that uh, I asked her, I said, wow, I said, Jean, you are really, you know, you look like a different person. She says, well, that's because of my smile. Now I can smile. So I said, wow, tell me more. So she started telling me her story. And that was how I came to know her story. It was life-changing for her. And so in my third case over here, I just wanted you to see right here, you know, that um, this is my patient. She's a 26-year-old female. And congenitally, she's missing tooth number seven. She had history of no orthodontic treatment due to finances. Her bondings that were done in the past were chipping and anesthetic. She had severe social anxiety because whenever you know, she was asked to come up in front to talk in class, she would always break up in hives. And she would never uh, be able you know, to interact you know, with, um, with people because uh, the, the, her classmates were all very mean to her. And so one of her chief complaints and concerns would be she wanted to replace her teeth you know, with luminous. But unfortunately, her case was rejected by the luminous expert and by the lab because they didn't think that luminous was the, the situation for her. Porcelain veneers was not a viable option because she had different occlusal issues. So patient was really crushed and she left the office disappointed and dejected. And I nearly lost her confidence because um, she was uh, making an appointment already to see the dentist. And so that night when I called her, I told her, I said, well, listen, I know that you were disappointed. Let me show you, you know, what I can do for you. And she reluctantly came back you know, the next day. And I did you know, some things you know, that I showed you much earlier. I did a mock-up you know, for her. And I told her, is this satisfactory for you? Is this okay for you? And the patient said, I believe you know, that that's going to work for me. And so what happened was uh, I made some changes for her. You notice you know, that uh, these are all the problems that she had. And she was missing a lateral. And this was her canine. And to, to really get it to where it needs to be requires us you know, to really make some major changes for her. Veneers will definitely not, not do that for her. And so this was before, this is after. And this is the final outcome. She was very happy. You know, she came and hugged me several times. Tears were streaming down her eyes. And then she started telling me her story, which we had the opportunity to publish in evening rounds. And this is what she said. It was a very touching story. And she said, you know, that, um, oh, by the way, she said, you know, that the only people that matter to me right now are the people that are close to, closest to me. My two boys makes me smile. When I'm getting ready, they tell me I'm pretty and I look like a princess. <laughs> so 
that's, that's a good outcome, don't you think so? I think you know, that uh, we have the opportunity to provide life-changing dentistry for our patients. And so we're going to go to our final case over here. And this is the last one that we're going to talk about. I'm going to go ahead and um, fast forward this. You can see all the issues you know, that she has right here. Treatment options. She decided not to go for that. This was the final outcome. And we use IPS Emacs for her. And for those of you who are familiar with IPS Emacs, you realize you know, that they are much stronger crown than the PFM crown by at least you know, four times. And uh, the way you know how you would prepare a zirconia preparation crown, whether it was uh, a clinical zirconia or a Emacs, these are the dimensions that you need to follow. A good two millimeter ID reduction, but even if you have 1.5, you know that's pretty good. But minimum, you need to have at least 1.25. Shoulder margins preferred, but if you do chamfer margin, it will have to be bonded. And the preparation walls have to be conversion and cut into three planes, accordingly to this diagram over here. And so, you know, in conclusion, you know, I wanted you know, to share with you some of the things you know, that we have uh, talked about this, um, you know, this uh, afternoon. First of all, recognizing the fact you know, that um, every one of us here in this room possesses the same abilities to be able to help make changes in our patient's life. Taking into consideration all the principles you know, that we have learned you know, today, it's going to help us you know, to bring about those changes in our patient's life. And so before I share with you the last you know, clip, I do have a, a clip you know, to show you. I just wanted to find out if you have any questions you know, that you want to ask at this point that I did not cover or that I, you feel that I've missed you know, today. Any questions, anything in relation to this? If not, then let me go ahead and play this last you know, clip over here. And this is my patient over here. So I've always been a person who's, who smiles a lot. People have commented on my smile over the years that you've got such a nice smile. What a great smile you have. So I've always recognized that's an aspect of my personality that I'm proud of. The unfortunate thing is over time, uh, the look of my smile changed, the discoloration to my teeth and so forth, so that when I looked at photographs, that was the part I wasn't so proud of. I wanted a better look to my smile. Uh, unfortunately, when I was a teenager, I, I did have an eating disorder, which affected the quality of my teeth at that time and for many years later. And I had experienced a lot of time in a dental chair as a teenager and in my 20s, where a lot of my teeth were replaced with crowns. And I was dissatisfied with that. It had been sort of a hodgepodge uh, replacement of my teeth over the years with crowns. And it didn't look natural. It didn't look even. It didn't look as nice as I would like it to be. I seriously considered what could it look better? Is this something I could change? And I'd spent a lot of time in a dental chair, and I knew, do I want to spend a lot more time in a dental chair? 
So at that time, I had Dr. Chi as my dentist. He was really the first person who said, something can be done to improve your smile, to improve the look of your teeth so that your smile is more attractive. And he was wonderful about going through the options with me. What would it look like? What could you do? How could the crowns be replaced? And I was amazed at the mock-up. When I saw it, I thought, wow, it can look better. I can have a smile that I'm proud of. But when it happened, and when I saw the difference and the confidence it gave me to smile, particularly for cameras, that really made a huge difference. And it's something I would absolutely consider doing again. Because it does make a difference. You often don't realize the extent to which your confidence in your appearance, particularly something as essential as a smile, makes. When my family saw the result, they were so pleased. They said that was worth it, that was worth every minute. I really appreciated the time and attention that Dr. Chi, the faculty dental office, took to make sure I was a satisfied customer. The willingness to go for excellence, to really say, we can make this even better, was what I appreciated. To be able to go through this, to show that it really can transform something that's so meaningful. Uh, to me, and I hope it will be meaningful to others as well. This is my prayer and my goal for each one of us here today. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www dot audioverse dot org.